So how was your first week? First week of work was really good. Um, nice. I got a big old thumbprint on my ID. <laughs> the woman taking my picture was like, next. Like Roz and Monsters, <laughs> Inc. You know what I mean? Always watching. Always watching. Always watching. <laughs> and like, I, I look at my ID and like, I told him the day before, I'm like, let's see how this picture turns out because this is with you for the rest of your career really? at the mill. And my picture, top notch, right? I look great. Uh-huh. Except for the big thumbprint right over my freaking face. <laughs> I'm like, well, if I ever lose that, hopefully she doesn't like right in the middle of my next one. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. The people that I'm in class with, they seem like good kids. They're all me and like two other people are over the age of 30. Really? Really? That's it? Me and one other girl, she's over the age of 30. She's one year older than I am. And then... um one guy is like older than us and then the rest of them like whippersnappers shut up yeah oh yeah the kid i sit next to he um he he pretty much (laughs) calls me grandma pretty much you know what i mean like whenever they're like you know the first coal mill when we watch those videos Uh was built in 1804 and he looks over and i was like yeah i wasn't born yet yeah yeah i know the joke (laughs) and he was like just checking. <laughs> so, real quick, or I don't know, we can just we can leave this. How I did, I felt bad. I didn't get the chance to talk to you guys a lot at my house because I was in the poker game. But I saw you and Ryland bonding over kitty cats, or Jamie trying to help you bond over kitty cats, or something going on with kitty cats. What? At my house Saturday. Oh yeah, we were having a great time. I'm making her a new headband. Are um, you? Yeah, purple with glitter. She asked for just purple. <laughs> I asked her what color she wanted. She said just purple this time and i said it has glitter in it and she said <laughs> and so i said okay and then we were talking about kitty cat pictures and then, you know um, just stuff and then she disappeared and we all uh me allison Al- jesus whoa Christ. whoa use our government name me Ellie. and i'm the one that's yelling at him <laughs> say jeez what did you do wrong to get that for, for fucking <laughs> real <laughs> I'm the one that's yelling. <laughs> it was coming out of my mouth, and I'm like, why am I saying this? <laughs> that'd be like, I that'd be like if I ever heard you call me Daniel, that'd be feel weird to me. Um, so you guys were... Take it back. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry what? <laughs> Babe. Thank you. <laughs> so it was me, Ellie, yeah. <laughs> Carissa, Jesse, and... I was going to or something. <laughs> And uh, Marisol, we were we were all talking podcast. So we were talking about this the uh, uh, Eliza Lamb. Oh, Eliza Lamb, yeah, yeah, or Elisa Lamb. I don't know. Yeah, what were they saying? <laughs> we were just talking about like uh, Jesse was like, "Well, if Jesse had some good, yeah, he did have did some he? good points." Yeah, damn it, I missed. Are it. you ready for this one though? <laughs> this is the one that blew my mind. It's not about Eliza Lamb. It's uh, about Priceless Pizza. Okay, do you know oh, who yeah. he thinks did it? No, the tow truck driver. Oh, <laughs> that just gave me chills. I know. Oh shit! To think about that, how nice he was, and how. And I go, and he's still getting fucking Christmas cards. Oh, that's, my hair is yeah. still not. Look at oh my god! Too. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh my god! Look at that. That's oh my god, I Jesse. Know, when he, when he oh, said shit. that, I'm like, all of us were just like, oh yeah. I, he's had to have been investigated. I bet though, because he was the last one to see him alive. Was he? Look at. Dude. Oh, my God. Jesse. Oh, <laughs> holy shit. Top contributor. <laughs> my, my chills have still not gone away. Look at my hair standing up. That is, wow. 
Yeah, Whoa. when he dropped that atomic bomb, we were all just like, <laughs> yeah. Right, well, we don't own the podcast anymore, so uh, Jesse, uh, you pretty much you. Jeez, you that's freaking holy, mind blown. Yeah. And then we talked about your man bun and how. Could you say that again? Yeah, we talked about your man bun <laughs> and how. Series back at it again. And Jesse was like, "Yeah, I wanted to comment and be like, K Dog sounds kind of hot." <laughs> <laughs> He was like, but I knew she was your mom, so I didn't on it. I was like, she would have loved it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys know K-Dog. She would have absolutely eaten that shit up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we were talking about that, and we were talking a little bit about the Eliza Lamb. Because they, he, uh, Jesse was talking about uh, that he had just watched the... The Netflix. They oh, were, yeah. They were doing all the similarities between the Netflix doc and then, like, your information. And yeah. They were just kind of, like, doing a synopsis of that because yeah. he had never seen it. So. Oh, yeah, I think a lot of the information I got, some of not not a lot of it, but some of it was from that show, anyways. Oh, man. So when Jesse dropped that one, I'm like, whoa, that, that was awesome. Seriously, I my, my I've never even yeah thought that way. No, because we were calling him superhero Christian. Yeah. Because everything I've ever seen too, he's like the greatest guy goes, in the world. He goes, so yeah, like how do we know that he followed him? Like all just there because who checked on him? Who checked his alibi? Oh wait, nobody because he owns the fucking tow truck shop. But also, like my mind who, is right who now alters is his timesheets. Nobody because he is the owner. And that's in my mind right now is racing like. He's a, a good Samaritan, so no one's going to... And all these, everybody, podcast, police, everyone, oh, you're so nice. And that kind of makes sense. Why would some random stranger drive an hour and a half out of his way... To go check on some weird because ginger he's, kid. Because he's so nice? Yeah. God, this is make... Call the police, we've broken the case. Look at, that's what I said! That's literally what I said! Look at my arm! Jesus. Yeah, that's wild. Wow. All right, major props to Jesse then. <laughs> Yeah, and Marisol still listens a lot too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, she was, man, she's awesome. That's her and I are her and I are thick, thick and thin. Uh, we were exchanging cat pictures. <laughs> oh yeah, because her and Logan's got a little kitty. I know it. And Rain got one too. I know it. I saw Adipicious. <laughs> and I looked at Lupe, and he just looked at me like the. He didn't even say any words. It was just the face of, don't fucking think about it. <laughs> and I looked at him back like, too fucking late. <laughs> Already done thinked it. <laughs> well, that's like Jamie telling me we're we're this close to getting another dog. We don't even have a fence up in our yard yet for Harley. But instead of us spending more time with the dog and training her better, let's get another big dog because you need someone to play with to get her energy out. So Hector, I don't know if you know Hector's neighbor the has Cane, cane Corso. Corso puppies. Oh, how old is Harley? She actually September 11th turned three. Oh, so this last week she turned three, or September 9th. It's right around there. Yeah, but she's three now. But all oh, those Cane Corso puppies are so. But the details are doctor ready, which is fine. I would love to get the ears cropped because I want it to look mean. Jamie's like, no, I like it with the floppy ears. No, I want the dog to look mean so people think that fucking dog's evil. <laughs> Anyways, let's go off the case now. Let's, I'm excited about this. We've rambled at the beginning instead of the end. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. going to be a lot cut out, though. So. Yeah, there would be.
gentlemen and welcome to another episode of uh, impulsive thoughts i said that weird yeah. <laughs> you've said everything weird so far tonight yeah i have he's a little strokey <laughs> yeah seriously oh, you i'm corpsey he's strokey <laughs> i'm fatty <laughs> <laughs> there we go we all got our, our uh we're all some sort of dwarf name i must say one of seven to white <laughs> fucked up dwarfs <laughs> Uh, he oh, passed me strokey. <laughs> and I'm Donnie. <laughs> Hi guys. I'm Gawney. <laughs> yeah, I'm Gawney. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm calling in from Philadelphia right now. Speaking I just ran of- up the stairs. I did the Rocky pose. Speaking of calling in, mom goes, since there's no fourth host, just letting you know I'm available for phone calls for the next six weeks. I said, all right, K-Dog, got you on speed dial. She goes, you did not anyways? <laughs> mom, uh... <laughs> So I'm joined here with, well, only some of my co-hosts because one um, took a job out in uh, PA. PA. Um, joined here with uh, Mr. Dano to my right. Yo, yo, yo. And Allie P to my left. Meow. <laughs> and we have, well, Allie has a very interesting case tr- of true crime that is uh, pretty pretty local. I and of course, it's not about me, is it? Okay, let's take <laughs> let's take guesses because I went alleyfied on it. Okay, now what's how your definition pages? of local, though? You'll see. How many pages? How many pages? Eighteen. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. Nineteen. Damn, I'm good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I want to guess the case, though. Definition of local: Hammond. fifty miles, hundred mile. Oh, Hammond. <laughs> My hometown. No, not my hometown, but my last hometown. What do you want to call it? Do I know any cases from Hammond? Is it one of the guys that we mentioned in one of the other cases? Like, oh, he was in Hammond before. No. Okay. Is it someone I might know? No. Oh, okay. Then I'm not even going to (laughs) guess. Wait. Before we go any further, Jamie just texted me. The Rock just came out on SmackDown. Oh, no shit. Fuck, I gotta go watch that tonight. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we, I interrupt my interrupting breaking news to let you know Allie's got an episode coming up right now. <laughs> so, Allie, please enlighten us. Yes. What the fuck happened in Hammond? The Christmas story. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and thank you for listening to Impulsive Thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, have you ever heard of the last name Comiati? No. Okay. Paul Comiati Sr. was a 65-year-old retired construction worker from Hammond, Indiana. Uh, He was married to his wife, Rosemary, and they had two children, Paul Jr. and Marianne. Region locals from Hammond, they resided at 6541 Alabama Street. So, like, literally, like, part of Hammond. That was really close to your your house. I was 6431, Howard. Yeah. Couple so 65 blocks. something. Well, depending on where Alabama was compared to where Howard's at, but the same, what hundreds you want to call it? The hundreds block? Yeah. A few blocks away. Yeah. So Paul Sr. Was when did this take place? In the 80s. Okay. So Paul Sr. was known to be super loud and violent and known to be an alcoholic, frequenting the local bars. Oh, the. Uh... What the hell is that bar called? Pines Tap. Pines. The Pines. Gambling, just 
you know, just partaking in the local. It's not far from the casinos over there. Well, yeah. But like the like the bar pools. Oh, oh. Okay. Like that kind of yeah. like, like I like I picture him doing pool tabs. Pool tabs, yeah. yeah. Pool tabs. <laughs> exactly. Like just a pile of pool tabs, right. cigarette butts, and like MGD bottles. You know what I mean? Like that's what I think. Yeah, good fellows. Pool tabs. <laughs> yeah. So it was said that Facts. he constantly belittled and verbally abused his wife and children, which only got worse after he retired. It just seems to me that like he had time to perfect his craft. You know, I mean if why why not? You retire. What else better do you have to do, right? Right. So I can't wait till I retire now. Right. Just get better <laughs> at yelling at your kids. <laughs> um, but it is it should be noted, this is actually really important to remember that no records of physical abuse were ever reported or seen by others. So that being said, the position of self defense in this story never really seems to fit. Hmm. So just remember that, okay? Never seems to fit. Yeah. Okay. Stored mentally for later. So, like I said, he's loud drunk. It's, it is well known that he was not well liked by the immediate members of his family. Just because, I mean, who's really going to like a dude that's moan groaning around? It said that he never smiled. He was always walking around with this frown on his face, never known to crack a joke. You know what I mean? Just Jeez, a regular crumpus. Yeah, he just seemed like a real curmudgeon. Yeah. So yeah. why did his wife stay with him? Well, it's the 80s. There wasn't really that much. Well, and I, from what I read, like, she seemed to be, like, the merry housewife. You know, you walked into the Comiati house. Hi, can I get you a beer? My name is Rosemary. You know what I mean? Like, welcome. May I take your coat? Like, it just seemed like... The Leave It to Beaver. Very on, 1950s. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But like where he was super miserable, you know what I mean? And she was like, oh, don't mind him. That's just Paul, you know? Mm. And, and he was this way to the kids too, you said? Yeah. Yeah. And they hated him for it. They, I mean, why wouldn't you? Right. So I know I keep throwing you off. I'm just trying to paint a picture. Now, if he's retired and getting worse, did they have their kids late in life or are they a grown adult kids living with them still? No, so they're they're grown now. So why didn't they move out then if they hated their dad so much? I'm getting to oh, that. Sorry. Okay. So <laughs> once Marianne got the chance, she married at 18 years old. She married a man named William Van Diver, and they left the region to move to Chicago. So not like oh. a really far move, but like far enough to get away from that fucking schmuckaroni and cheese. Yeah. Right. Close and, enough to visit mom if you want to, but far well, enough. Right. Your dad's I mean, not you're thinking Hammond, no like, but it, so was Chicago like 30 minutes? Right. But I mean, like. What part of Chicago? You know right. what I mean? Like, did she literally just move 15 minutes away? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because some of that is literally considered Chicago. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you can have something further away mileage-wise, but something closer in the middle of the city will take you longer because those in inner streets take fucking forever to get there. Yeah. Right, right. So, I mean, it seemed like she just got up and got out. Okay. And it didn't really seem like this was a marriage of love. For her, it was a marriage of convenience. Yeah. I need to get away from Daddy Dearest, and this is my way out of the house. So, so this made him furious because, like I said, he did not think that William Van Diver, or I'm gonna con I'm gonna call him Van Diver or William a lot in this case. Okay. I, I interchange them, uh -huh. and then I'm gonna refer to Paul senior and then paul jr okay. okay okay just so that we don't get him confused 
like right, so. let's go support the, the bike shop. Oh, yeah. Orange County. Orange County Choppers. Choppers. Yeah. Paul <laughs> Sr. and Paul Jr. Oh, my. I always think of that meme where they're, like, yelling. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't need more catch. Yes, we do. Anyways. <laughs> so it, this, this made him furious because, like I said, it, he thought, too, that this was just kind of a marriage of to get the fuck out of the house, convenience. He just didn't think that this Van Diver guy was even suitable for his daughter. Right. Which, again. Well, but also, if he's abusive physically, mentally, whatever, to all of them, he's also a person who loves control. So here he has lost control of one of his kids already. Correct. So right. that's right there going to tip him off. Yeah. Right. And don't you think, like, just saying that, like, Rosemary, the mom, really didn't have another way to act? Yeah. It, like, that, that was... That was the only attitude that she could have. Yeah. So, so my next slide. Why may you ask this Van Diver be non-liked by Daddy Dearest? <laughs> it actually says, "Why wouldn't you want to bring him home to your mother?" As they say. Well, he had a lengthy criminal history prior to meeting Marianne, oh. um, including like as far back as like him being like super juvenile delinquent, um, petty theft, auto theft, and robbery. So I mean, it started. So another off, top-notch human. Yes, and it started off from like him stealing like just super little things, and then super little things like they had capes on them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like packs of gum with capes. Yeah. Super little. And then the cars, and then eventually up to robbery. So you can see that he clearly escalated in yeah. his crimes, but it was a very gradual. But it went up. It went. So then now, all of a sudden, it seems Paul, like you were saying, wanted to be Daddy Dearest and put in his two cents and say, this guy is not the guy that you should be with. You know, I care hmm. and, you know, I should have a say in this. And this is not a good guy. He's a criminal and I don't think you should be with him. And if you don't leave him, I'm going to inform the police on him. Oh, and now I tried to find, but I really didn't find exactly like if he had open cases and what he thought that this informing was going to do, mm. but just seemed to be like a little tattletale bitch. <laughs> so I, can I make a guess? Do you know what happens here? You said, no. so because me, me and Jamie do this when we watch shows, Yeah, I'm going to guess Paul Sr. gets murdered by the husband. Is where at the beginning of the story, I thought Paul was going to be the asshole murdering someone else. So continue. That's my guess before we get any further. That's my guess. Okay. Do you want to put your guess out there in the pod world? Not yet. <laughs> no, you got to do it now. Now is the time. So we're playing Clue, and this is where you're putting it in the envelope. <laughs> there is no super Christian tow truck driver <laughs> in, in Button Willow with the wrench. Like... <laughs> It with was. the tire iron. By the way, with when Don was driving out to Pennsylvania, he was like, at my first stop, I'm like, you're not in Butt Willow, are you? Uh-huh. <laughs> Terrible joke, but anyway. So, so who did you say, Dan? I said, <coughs> William, the husband, uh-huh. murders the dad, Paul Sr. Where when she first started the story with, have you ever heard this last name? And the way she described the dad as being so evil, I'm like, the dad's going to kill someone in here, whether it's one of his kids or his wife or someone. But now the way you're setting it up, I'm saying... I'm saying the husband kills the dad. See, and I think it's going to be complete opposite. And that's the way, that's the way, see, I don't know your style yet. That's the way, like, other stories make you, I'm going to make you think one thing, but it's the other way. So, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> All 
I like that I have you both on my hook. <laughs> <laughs> Watch us be both wrong. Right, it's the mom. <laughs> yeah, I killed them all. Yep. <laughs> all right, well, obviously, no one played Tattletale on anybody because, like I said, you know. Nobody wants to be a rat. Well, right. And I honestly didn't, like I said, I didn't find, like, if there was any open cases. I right. think that he was just full of smoke, anyways. Like, he was just a drunk dick. And. I've met a lot of drunk assholes in my life that are a lot of talk. And I mean, who the fuck cares? Like you can right. threaten me all you want, but are you actually going to walk right. that walk? Yeah. So I don't think he bought it anyways. So and I'm like sure I, the, the daughter probably told him my dad talks a lot of shit. He didn't do nothing. Sure. Cause right. she obviously did not like him and knew right. that he was a fucking shit talker. Yeah. Right. So, and like I said, it didn't, it just added fuel to that fire okay. of extreme dislike and just added a bad taste in their mouth. And so <laughs> this is like, okay, I go back to the leave it to beaver reference. Okay. Mm. <laughs> now, from what I understand, picture this with me. We're in a kitchen in like picture like a ranch house in Hammond. Okay. Are, are we there? Yeah. I live there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I live there. <laughs> 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 We're at a kitchen table and you've got, the family powwow going on with Rosemary, Marianne, William Van Diver, and Paul Jr. All sitting at the kitchen table together, right? Okay. Having a family discussion on different ways to kill Paul Sr. Oh, shit. You know, just let that all sink in for a second. Looks like I might be right, Lupe. <laughs> let that all sink in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, after Sunday Supper... Families reacts relaxing after a nice, you know, family meal cooked by Rosemary. Dad's had too much to drink. He's relaxing in his room. Oh shit, he's getting poisoned. Watch he's, this. I was thinking that too. <laughs> he's passed out watching football in the recliner in the front room. Meanwhile, the rest of his family, air quotes, is plotting his murder. You know, casual family. With him in the house? Yeah. They're not oh, afraid yeah. of him hearing them? Well, he's passed out well, drunk. He's drunk. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, casual family shit. Like, you even do that if... on Sundays? Yeah, what I do normally on Sundays. After, <laughs> by the way, I also wrote front room like a fucking true Chicagoan. Front R U N C H. You did. It's right next to the junk drawer and the garage keys. Garage, garage keys. keys. Garage. Anyways. Anyways. Okay. So, like I said. You can kind of see where I'm going with this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you guessed it, several attempts to kill Paul Sr., you guessed correctly. Yes. Damn it. But what you didn't guess correctly... He survived them, though. Was... Who actually did it? That the whole family is going to end up doing it. What? Interesting. Nobody walks away from this. And they can't call self-defense. Hmm. So the wife poisoned him while the son-in-law stabbed him. The daughter strangled him and the son shot him. <laughs> All the same All time. All the wrench. Anyways, so <laughs> the initial plan mm-hmm. was to poison Paul Sr. But that region gut 
proved to be no match. <laughs> Dude's out there drinking Schlitz, okay? Like, drinking Rumplemints. Drinking Malort Street. Yeah, with Rumplemints to chase it. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's fine. He aight. And with, with For those the, not from the Chicago area, find yourself a bottom of Malort and try it. Yeah. And you'll thank us. Not really, but... Yeah. You'll, you'll hate us. We'll probably lose some listeners. But you'll grow some hair on your chest. <laughs> Drink it room top. Anyways, so... <laughs> oh. Wash it down with a, like a... Room temperature Miller Light, old style. If you're doing Chicago, it's gotta be old, old style. style. You're right. Or you can you can make a, uh, a, Chicago, a uh, Chicago Chicago car bomb. Is that what it's called? A Chicago dumpster bomb. There you go. <laughs> okay, so like I said, <laughs> I don't I don't drink. I I can't I can't include on this. So, all right. So like I said, that region gut, no match for this poison. <laughs> right. Okay. So multiple times, rat poison was put into his food and drink. Jesus. They waited. And waited, and waited, and the only thing that happened was Paul Senior got violently ill, and like, usually for just like a few days, and then it would pass. Wow! So not even not putting the poison in there then. <laughs> right. So after all that, they decided no more poison would is probably bad idea. Okay, bad bad idea, because he was actually talking about going to the doctor. Oh shit! And oh, shit. they were like. You know what? That was stupid. That was fucking dumb. Um, yeah. If they do a tox screen on him or run any sort of right. test, they're going to find rat poison <laughs> in his system. You know, dumb. Gosh, dumb. 23 different chemicals. Right. right. Dumb. Fucking okay. So Dr. on to the Pepper next. Of... On to the next. That was stupid. Let's try cut something his, cut else. Cut his brake line. Right. On to the next. Cut his brake line. Watch. So now. In the South Holland Quarry. Um, Rosemary was. <laughs> You're, you're, you're pro- this is your fault for making it close to home. I'm going to guess everything close to home. Fine. <laughs> so, Rosemary was, I, I forgot exactly what she did, but, like, she had something to do with the medical field and, like, where she could get prescriptions. And, like, she was helping Paul with his prescriptions where he had had a heart open heart surgery from mm-hmm. a heart attack. So, he was taking um, nitroglycerin. And so, she ended up doubling and tripling the dose of his nitroglycerin tablet sometimes. Holy fuck. Literally until the prescription ran out and there was no more refill. <laughs> Jesus. And alas, it just made him sick. Nothing happened. <laughs> this man's a legend. I'm, Literally. I'm, I'm assuming this dude probably swam in Lil' Kelsag. <laughs> With that's, the three-eyed fish. He ate the, he ate the fish he caught out yeah, of it. Yeah, seriously. That's why he's immune to everything. They were talking about that at the mill. They're like, so I guess we get passes to go fish down at the harbor down there. Only nice. if you're an employee. They're like, and you can keep what you catch because I guess it's, you know, like that water's unfished down they there. They have sturgeon out there. Yeah. Big and they fish. go, just throw the three-eyed ones back. <laughs> <laughs> and like some of the people like looked at him. I was like, that's funny. <laughs> so anyways. Anyways, so again, it just made them sick. But at least they're they're thinking now because it, th- those drugs are supposed to be in his system. Right. right, right. Okay, much much better. Glad that the public school systems are <laughs> being put to use here. <sighs> so now, again, onwards, Buttercup. <laughs> More plans. <laughs> so for the next one, because you know, but wait. There's more. <laughs> plan C. <laughs> yes. Yes. So now for this brilliant plan, 
they would need a chemical called ether because now apparently they're chemists. <laughs> you know, we went from wait, what did we start with? We went rat from poison, rat, rat poison, poison at your local Ace Hardware, to nitroglycerol yeah. uh, to, to nitroglycerin. Yep. And then uh, now we're chemists getting ether. Ether. Okay. All right. Um, so <laughs> they would use that to incapacitate Paul Senior, which would basically render him unconscious. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to inject air into his vein, sim- simulating an embolism. I say pulmonary yeah. embolism. Yes. Um, <laughs> how one goes from Ace Hardware rat poison <laughs> to um, ether embolisms is just honestly beyond me. But here we are. <laughs> we're here. We got there. Right. Hammond region locals went there. Right. So if they made that jump, we're we're jumping too. Okay, so again, jumping across the quarry. <laughs> so they tried that. They didn't make the quarry jump because the first of all, what they didn't account for was that unlike rat poison, you can't just go to Walgreens and buy ether. Like it's it's not just like one bottle of ether, please. Right. It's not like Robitussin. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, they were having a difficult time actually obtaining that chemical. And so then they actually did have a little bit of ether, but some freaking bozo left the lid off of it and it evaporated. It's like <laughs> it's like rubbing alcohol or gasoline, uh, okay. essentially. So, you know, how fast it evaporates. Yeah. It's gone. So, scratch that. Scratch that. That's dumb. Well, it, it wasn't dumb. It was actually brilliant. But we, we just can't accomplish it. So, dumb. <laughs> Again, dumb. <laughs> scrap that too all right on to part four right or five or and six. it's funny because i actually wrote okay round three uh-huh. um but uh, apparently i lost count as well too you know <laughs> public school system <laughs> they, math. Failed they failed me too can't math all right so <laughs> yeah we, we all know i'm not good at math <laughs> math ain't mathin i'm not good at math all right so scratch that round four okay all right this one this is the gold medal plan Uh oh okay we already have all the supplies that we need, okay? I even wrote a checklist of them. Bomb, they're going to blow them up. <laughs> okay. Step one, get pillow. <laughs> Step two, smother dad. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> so we went from, I can't, like, ether embolisms. Right, you know what? We're just going to sit on him with a pillow. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck it, I give up. Like, why did we start there? <laughs> right. So next question, real quick. How big is this dude? Is he like like 1980s dad, 5'7", 150? Or is he like big Hulk, 6'5", 350, and I'm a tough dude, you know? He's a pretty bulky dude. Really? And so maybe, junior, they, so maybe they weren't giving him enough then because of how big he was. Junior played football. Mm-hmm. Big dude. Okay. Big dude. Big, big dude. <laughs> so Junior's got to be one to hold the pillow down because he's going to push anyone else off him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so let me set the scene for you again. <laughs> it's late night of March 20th. And you know what? Some places said the 19th, but when I did more digging, it was the 19th at like 12, like 50 something. So it was the 20th the 19th end of the 20th yeah, yeah. when they actually he went to bed the going. 19th and it happened the 20th correct <laughs> right so march 20th 1983 and marianne and william which are 
since I haven't said any names for a while, I'm going to... Uh-huh. That's the daughter and son-in-law. Right. Um, waited outside the Comiati family home. And they were waiting for 17-year-old Paul Jr. to provide the signal that his dad, Paul Sr., was fast asleep in his bed. Okay. Obviously, Rosemary's inside. Right. Once... Oh, God, I just got gooseies. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it, this is like this one isn't even like a creepy one. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. just, yeah. It's there. It's a spider web of fucking like different souls. <laughs> yeah, I would say like it's it's a spider web of different, almost like different stories, but but it's all the same. Story. But also like different feelings. Like the dude was an asshole and abusing them. You're like, fine, you deserve to die. But then when you think about kids actually killing their dad or what, it's like, who who do you feel for, you know? In the end, like, they say, like, I guess, I forgot who said it, whether it was one of the sentencing judges in, like, one of the trials Uh basically said that this was a crime where no emotions were had by anybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, negative or anything. So, anyways, um, so once a signal was provided... They silently crept into the home and put that plan of smothering him into motion. Okay. Um, and by the way, I did forget to mention something kind of huge. <clears throat> Marianne and William had a young son named Jason. Okay. Oh. Um, he was, I, I think, six at the time. Mm-hmm. He was young. He was younger. He, either he was six or younger than six. Um. Obviously, this was Paul Sr.'s only grandchild at the time, and he literally would do anything and for that boy and doted on him. So he was nice to him then. Correct. So any feelings of love and affection that Paul Sr. actually had in his body and was capable of producing was given to that child. It's the grandson. Yeah. And so I mentioned Jason to mention this. <laughs> Marianne and William had also moved back into the family home in Hammond. Okay. So they were living there at the time. So that means Jason was also there. Right. Dun, dun, dun. So when I say the whole family was there, the, the whole, whole family, family the was whole there. Fam damnly. So they left Jason fast asleep in a bedroom to commit this murder. Okay? Because, you know, getting a babysitter for the night. Yeah. Which would be crazy. <clears throat> and then, just a little sidebar, they tried to smother Paul Sr. once before, but they found the grandchild sleeping in bed with him, oh. so they couldn't pull out the plan that night. Wow. Yeah, fucked, right? So, this time, they put the... They made sure he was in another room. Yeah. Well, there you go. But again, they plan ahead this why time. get a babysitter, right? Because we already know that they could be in that room. <laughs> <laughs> why, why spend the money? Right! Because back then it was probably like six bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but again, that would be somebody's alibi to check up on, right? So that that would be loose ends to tie up. We don't want to go there. Right. All right. So now that the whole fam family is in the house, Marianne does her motherly duty and makes sure that her liability, I mean her son, Jason, <laughs> is asleep in the other room. And Paul Jr. and William Van Diver slithered into the master bedroom where Paul Sr. slept peacefully, not knowing that he was taking his last breaths. Okay, so within an instant, Paul Jr. was on top of Paul Sr., holding him down. Okay. And, like, 
he's a big dude. Paul Jr. was, and and Paul Senior, he was he had emphysema, and he wasn't in great health. Like I said, he had open heart surgery. Yeah. So it's not that he wasn't a big guy, but he had his health problems. Yeah. So he wasn't at his fighting strength, you know. But he was holding him down while Van Diver was attempting to smother him with a pillow. Mm-hmm. And this is my high-pitched attempting. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone noticed how many times I've said attempted? A lot. Uh, because I just keep thinking with all those kitchen come to Jesus meetings, one solid, workable, all kinks thought out <laughs> plan would have been spewed out. But nope, that didn't account for his fight or flight response. Right. Because like I said, I don't care if you had just had open heart surgery, you're going to fight for your life. Yep. <laughs> to party. But anyways. I'll fight for your right to party. Well, I mean, either way. You were close. I, I know the real words, but I was <laughs> I know. So, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, if you're big, little, whatever. Right. I've heard of women kicking big dudes' asses that are getting their asses, like, yeah. kidnapped and getting away. Yep. Because they're scratching yeah. the hell out of this Adrenaline dude. rush. Correct. Yeah. And like so, I said, fight or flight. Right. So, you know what I mean? Like. You didn't think that he was going to fight back? I don't care, sleep or not. You didn't give him a drug like that thought didn't go through right. your head first. You drugged him all those other times. <laughs> right. Stupid people. So so why not now? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like, you're going to kill him anyways. They're not going to test his blood now. <laughs> right. Right. So anyways... Um, so obviously, Paul Sr. awoke to the fresh hell and saw his own son holding him down. And in between being fucking smothered, he managed to plead and yell, son, son, can't we work something out? Hmm. Okay, I have mixed feelings about that statement. Right. Yeah. I have, I have, mm, you're a shithead. (laughs) For it has gotten that far for him to want to kill you, you were that bad of a person. But at the same time, you're... You're still making deals, dude? Right. (laughs) But not only that, but you're getting murdered by your son. Like, I'd be like, get the fuck off me. What do you mean? Can you, I don't know. Yeah. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, can't we work something out? Right. That just seems like such a shithead statement. Like, you know that you're a shitty person when you're like, all right, bro. All right, bro. I know I'm a bad person, but can't we like work something out here real quick? Right. Like, I know you're about to fucking whack me, but like, I got some money. (laughs) Like, Like, if you let me live. You won't see me ever again. Right. Right. The fact of, like you say, can't we work something out instead of, son, I love you. What are you doing to me? Right. <laughs> right. Can we work something out? Correct. That's his first instinct is to make a deal. You shithead. <laughs> Anyways. So like I said, I have mixed emotions about that statement, but he's in a time of panic. He's mm-hmm. obviously begging for his life. Yeah. In his own in his way. way. Yeah. Right. Correct. Um. And he's, now this is the part where I guess he's yelling for his wife, Rosemary, also. He's yelling his, his wife's name. I don't really know if he's yelling help, but all I know is that he's yelling her name. So, like, for her to come to his aid. Mm-hmm. So um, I, have, I have a quick question. Go ahead. Did he know that he was being that much of a shithead, or was he just completely oblivious to the fact of every, like... Oh, he knew. Okay. Like he was consciously being a dickhead. 
it wasn't like, you know, in the times back then, men were allowed to do shit. Well, this is the 80s, not really the 50s, but... Right. You know what I mean? Like... Well, and, like, just a little background on him. Like, he grew up in the Great Depression. You know, uh he worked in... Well, he was a construction worker, so I'm assuming, you know, union guy, you know what yep. I mean? Like, not that that means anything, but, like, you know, very, like, manly man, you, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, I'm assuming he ran his house that way. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the, like you said, the 50s, this is my woman, my family, right. I'm going to run it how I want. And so, yeah, he knew he was being a shithead, He, but I just don't think he cared. Hmm. And let's be real here. I don't care how drunk you are, you know you're an asshole. Right. Because at one point, you're sober enough. Yeah. You sober up at some point. Yep. Correct. So, brought to you by an (laughs) (laughs) ex-alcoholic. So, like I said, he's yelling Rosemary's name, thinking that she's going to come to his aid. (laughs) Nope. Schmuckatelli, like the rest of them, is in on the whole shit show. So, you know, she's just sitting out in the living room or the front room, whatever you prefer. And she's just probably like crocheting or knitting or whatever the fuck she's got going on, flipping through the TV guy because it's 1983. So, you know, seeing yep. what's coming on at 1030. <laughs> you have to sit there and watch it. And then if you miss that one fucking, you have to watch it all. Oh, no, the, oh, 80s, the 80s didn't even oh, have that. Oh, the page. The oh, page is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and okay. the 80s didn't have no right, preview right. guide. Yeah. I said flipping through it. I'm yeah. on the times. Right. <laughs> and I wasn't even alive in the 80s. I jumped to the 90s. Right. <laughs> Get with it. God, Lupe, Jesus. Can't even tell a story with you around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it said that he put up quite a fight. Because like I said, I mean, he's... What else can he do? Right. You know? Um, but that fight would prove to be no match for the now fish fillet knife wielding well, diver. Well, nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, fish fillet knife. Yeah. Um, so Van Diver admittedly stabbed Paul Sr. over 100 times, hit him in the head five or six times with the butt of a gun, and then found still to be breathing. If you tell me you've lived through this shit now. Wait, wait. Found still to be breathing. Yes, folks, dude's still alive. Van Diver went all out, went out to the garage with his garage key. (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing during any of this, but it's it's funny. (laughs) Um, Not the fact that he's still alive, but the garage key part. Um, Got a hacksaw and decapitated him in bed. All right. So he was alive when he got decapitated. Which was obvious, yes. Which was obviously the ultimate cause of his death. He was alive. I mean, if you tell me he lived through that, then I'm going to call you a liar. While he (laughs) was decapitated with a hacksaw, while his 17-year-old son held his legs down at the end of the bed and watched. And his wife and daughter were in the living room, sitting there, chilling. So... And little Timmy Tommy, or whatever, Jason, was in the guest bedroom... Just snoozing. Another question then. Yes. Do we have other eyewitness reports or stories, anecdotes of him being a super asshole or just a family saying it to get away with this murder? Nothing. Okay. There, Like I said, no reports were ever made. This is all internal. Hmm. So one of the shows that I watched on this, they called it like an internal pressure cooker mm-hmm. with a gauge just ready to bust. <laughs> so did he have a lot of insurance money they were going to get? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So 
No, no insurance money. Oh, interesting. Literally. There was nothing to gain from this. Like, if we're going to jump ahead, nothing to fucking gain. Excuse me. But, like, other than the fact... Oh, yeah, we don't swear in this fucking podcast. Yeah, I don't know why I just said, excuse me, like I was talking... I swore in front of your mom earlier. I said fucking in front of your mom. (laughs) Lupe, we got to find another host because it was nice knowing you, Allie. I know. And I I looked at her and I said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) My mom probably just laughed. She did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that was the first time I said the F-bomb in front of your mom. Mm -hmm. And my my butt puckered. (laughs) So that's why it's hungry, see? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know I don't do that in front no, of your mom. I, I am on my... Be- well, I mean, most of the time, my best behavior in front of your mom. Right. I, I respect your mother very, very much. <laughs> yeah, my mom. <laughs> I, I love her. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, yeah, you... <laughs> so, okay. Like I said, his demise was ultimately decapitation while still alive with a hacksaw from the garage... But the coroner did not report anywhere near 100 stab wounds. And the sources I read, they said anywhere from 30 to 40. Still so a shit time. Right. Not that that makes it any better. But I also want you to think. Have you ever seen a fish fillet knife? Yes. Yeah. How they're curved. Yeah. Very thin blades. Sharp as fuck. The fact that he got 30 to 40 stab wounds in without hitting a bone or something to break or that, that Yeah, because that knife's knife, thin. Yeah. It's very thin. I know it's very bendable. But still, to go through that, yeah, that's wild to me. Huh. That is. Isn't that, isn't that kind of wild? They must have made fucking fillet knives way better <laughs> back then than they do now. Maybe out of the steel mill still. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I know the fillet knife I have, I mean, it's it, you're right, it, it's very bendy, but... And I mean, they're strong, but they're very thin because they're to get... In between. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, when you right. fillet a fish, I've seen my dad do it, man. He gets that. It's mm-hmm. super thin. And it's very precise. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, just like any typical Hoosier family, once the deed was complete, they all celebrate with a drink and a cheers. Yeah. And probably a, an ear of corn. <laughs> How did you know? You said <laughs> Hammond, they're poosie. close enough to Chicago. They probably had some old style. This watched the WGN and it was fine. <laughs> Tom Skilling was probably on. How did you know? No. <laughs> so after brutally stabbing and decapitating Paul Senior, they, meaning Paul Junior, Van Diver, Marianne, and even Rosemary, dismembered the rest of his body, all while laughing and joking. <laughs> They made an event out of it. What in the fuck? This, I mean, obviously, chopping up a body is messy. It takes a long time. Mm-hmm. This was all done with a pruning saw and a hacksaw. Nice. And the little kid didn't wake up at all during this. No. So or if I, he did, he was being taken care of by Rosemary and. Um, in between their in between Marianne. their shift of, of sawing. Well, <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! That's a pruning saw. You see how wide those teeth are set? Yeah. Imagine how much the blood goes everywhere. Okay, so this is all in the master bedroom. Okay, just remember that. So they're all laughing, joking, jovial, having a great time, cheers and old styles, <laughs> you know, just having a having a jolly one. So at one point, Paul Sr.'s penis was cut off. Okay. And brought out in a glass. And handed to Rosemary, who laughed and said, I didn't want that when he was alive. Why would I want it now? Wow. What the fuck? Holy shit. You know. <laughs> Insult to injury. 
because that that's just funny. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you, I wish y'all could see their faces right now because it's good. <laughs> so I, this leads to another question now where her saying she didn't want it when he was alive. Was she raped? And are the kids a child of a product of rape? The, the, I don't know any of that. I know. I'm just saying like it just to play devil's advocate. If this guy was as super as asshole as they say he was, I want, you know, well, anyways, but no, that's just, man. <sighs> <laughs> no, that's, Seriously fucked up. I don't can't believe it. Let me see those faces again. The penis was found in a glass. No, those were not the faces. No, because now we're laughing at it. So. Yeah, now we're laughing. That's okay. Anyways, so the dismemberment process was actually kind of methodical because you know they have a track record of being right, know, organized, smart. And methodical, right? Yeah. Uh, public school. Anyways, so <laughs> they put his head in one bag, the torso in one bag, and the arms and legs in another bag. They put them all in black trash bags. That's okay. what I meant by bags. I'm sorry. Um, and the master bedroom just covered in blood, miscellaneous tissue, bone, shards of bone, organs, Blech. his intestines. His penis. Well, that was in the glass. On the, <laughs> that was in the jar. On the right, dining fault. room table. Um, <laughs> Displayed. Right. Well, no, because she didn't want it then. Why was she it now? Oh, yeah, that's right. They put it in the fire pit. Filleted and displayed. <laughs> 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 so, this is terrible that I wrote this. Uh-oh. Once the remains of Paul Sr. were all bagged and tagged. <laughs> nice quality. They didn't tag them because that would be dumb. <laughs> Not that they haven't done anything dumb. So, once they were all put in the blast... Blash trash bags. Blash trash bags. Black trash bags. Um, Paul Jr. and William loaded them into Paul Sr.'s truck hmm. and drove them down near the lakefront and dumped them very terribly. Because, <laughs> again, you know, they don't have a plan. Right. Right. Because uh, why would Plans they? Plans are stupid. Right. Right. Why would they? Um, they dumped them... And they covered them up with literally just found sheets of construction plywood that were dumped there. So they just dumped them not even like in the lake. They just dumped them on the side. Correct. All like right. like in the like not even weeded area. There was just like other miscellaneous trash there. And they like lifted up these sheets of plywood and just put the bags underneath there and laid the plywood back on top. Masterminds. Geniuses, <laughs> I swear. Okay. Those will never be discovered there. Not even in the slightest. <laughs> Right, yeah, no, that, um, so now, now the wheels are moving in their heads and they're thinking on the way home, well, somebody's going to miss him, his drinking buddies. Those are the people that are going to miss him because you want to know who he's nice to? Those fucking jamokes. <laughs> so they thought up a story, um, that he, anyone that asked they were going to tell him that he went up to Canada on an extended fishing trip. Bada bing, bada boom. Hands clean. That'll do it. Right. I mean, and it was said that, like, he was known to go fishing. Mm -hmm. And, but his fishing trips were literally, like, taking his grandson, like, to, like, the lake. <laughs> and going out for, like, whatever a six-year-old can stand. So, like, probably, like, two, three hours. Right. You know what I mean? At it, the most, yeah. Not going to Canada. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he has never done that. He's never been known to do that. So, 
but they thought, you know what? They'll buy this. Yeah. They'll buy this. Yeah, that's good. So. But they're saying he went on a fishing trip alone. To Canada. Correct. Yeah, because you can't say he took a six-year-old because the six-year-old's home with you guys. Correct. So you were asking about life insurance money. Yes. So now let's get to what they got out of this. Okay? Okay. So Rosemary, I'm going to air quote, gifted William and Mary Ann Paul Sr.'s truck. So he gifted them Paul Sr.'s truck and $1,700. And it was also claimed by William that Paul Jr. loaned them five grand on top of all of that. But that was never substantiated. And a lot of places were like, where is a 17-year-old going to get five grand in 1983? Right. That didn't, like, in Hammond. Right. Like, was, he was a high school kid. <laughs> you know Hammond. what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, I didn't even have 50 bucks in the 2000s when I was in high school. Anyways, not the point. So, that's what they got out of this. A, whatever kind of pickup truck that their dad had. Seventeen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that truck had had body parts in it. So let's just also oh, yeah. talk about that for a second. So, yeah. So friends had obviously begun asking, "Hey, where's Paul Senior? <laughs> like, has that fishing trip ended yet? Has he caught anything? Like, do you have pictures? Like." You know? Right. So, like, like, what's going on with him? Trying to get to the bottom of it. Like, what part of Canada is he in? Right. <laughs> like, why didn't he take his truck? How did he get to Canada? You know, like, right. Some sort of question. Being super sus. Yeah. So, Rosemary relented and finally goes down to Hammond PD and reports Paul missing. Paul Sr. missing. <laughs> And officers that took the statement stated that she seemed very calm and very matter-of-fact. Like, Hmm. just like a normal day. Like, didn't seem concerned or worried. Like, you should be if you're reporting your husband missing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said before, William Van Diver has had a checkered pass, and now... Now, now, that's starting to worry Rosemary because she thinks she's next on his list of people to Hmm. just axe, you know, well, or fish fillet, (laughs) I suppose, (laughs) because... Even that fish fillet. (laughs) (laughs) So she thinks that she's pretty much a loose end. In her mind, she thinks in his mind she's a loose end. Right. Yeah. I mean... Everyone's paranoid. Right. Because yeah. think about it. I mean, there are so many people involved in this. And he's the only one not family right now. Correct. Right. And and when you look at it, I mean, like his wife and him, I mean, whatever. Right. But so she's starting to get super suspicious of him and thinking that he's going to come after her and kill her. So now it's June of 1983 and Rosemary's even more freaked out than ever before that he's going to kill her and come after her as collateral damage. And... Now he's claiming that he is owed back pay for this murder, what? like twenty grand. What? But like, I I only heard that one place. But I think it's just her just being crazy, right? And like being like, he's after me for money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like blah blah blah. So, anyways, back down to Hammond PD she goes. Okay. 
Um, but this time, she... <laughs> yeah, she states that she overheard her daughter Marianne and her son-in-law William discussing murdering Paul Sr. So she just, right under the bus they go, and how they dispose of his body near the lakefront. So, like, no qualms about throwing her flesh and blood right under that bus wheel. Well, I mean, she had no qualms killing her husband, so... Well, technically, she didn't wield the weapon. (laughs) (laughs) I watched enough Snapped, okay? So, (laughs) every Sunday, Super Snap Sunday. So, while that's not a ton of information to go on, Hammond PD and the detectives on patrol, they go out to the area of, like, the Hammond lakefront areas, you know what I mean? And what what she was kind of describing to them. Wolf Lake. And they, yeah. they're they kind of looking for what she was describing as to what she heard her right. daughter and son-in-law talking about. And after a little bit of searching, they they, they smell something. <laughs> they, they, it's a familiar smell, and, it, and it's not like KFC. Dead bodies everywhere. <laughs> right, and it, you know, it's not Church's Chicken or anything like that. No, it's decomp. It's Hammond. Yeah, right. It's the steel mill. No, it's... It's Gary and Hammond. Yeah, it's um, it's decomp. And so they notice a pile of lumber just kind of like sitting there. But then again, it's Hammond. There's trash everywhere. And Normally, so yeah. We just they, lost all our Hammond listeners. They Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, they, they push up this plywood and they notice murder bags. I'm sorry, trash bags underneath... Murder bags. <laughs> The only thing I use black contractor bags for is literally to clean out the cat litter murder. boxes. Oh. I thought you were going to say murder. I know, murder. <laughs> I haven't been convicted yet. <laughs> Mid. Danny, save me. You, no got your, you got yourself into this mess. It's not my job to <laughs> get But I'm out. cute. Mid. But I will kill you. <laughs> I kill you. I didn't say it out loud. Anyways. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> Where's Don when I need him? Donald! He won't hear you. No, he'll listen to this episode. Doubtful. He will. 20 bucks says he doesn't. 20 just bucks kidding. says he does. Just kidding. I don't know if 20 bucks give <laughs> he away. Said, Johnny, he said just kidding pretty quick there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got mine in before he said just kidding. So anyways, um, so the familiar smell, they pick up the pile of lumber, found the murder bags under there, trash bags, whatever, and then they find that pile of black trash bags. Eeny, meeny, miny, that one. They open it, and Paul Sr. Penis. Right back at him. Oh, head. His head. Eyes wide open. What the fuck? Yeah, they just happened to pick that one. Nice. So one of the detectives literally said his eyes were wide open, just staring back at him. And that is quite an alarming sight. I mean, like, he could have chose any of the other ones. I hope he played Latterly that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so the coroner comes out and confirms that that is, in fact, Paul Sr. Um... And that's when the officers immediately go to the Comiati family home on Alabama and attempts to find, you know, the the family mm-hmm. because they have further questions. But in specific, they're looking for Marianne and William because that's who was implicated right. at this time. From the Madre. Correct. Um, and they're also thinking, well, obviously the murder didn't happen here because there's no other signs of struggle, blood or anything. It's just obviously the cleanup that's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it had to have happened somewhere. And the only reports that are coming of this is coming from 
Mama Komiati. And we've never gotten any other reports on this. It seems like a pretty quiet household. So what happens in a quiet household? Where where does the disturbances normally happen? Right. Inside. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking, well, more than likely, our crime scene is going to be right there in the, in the home. So officers get there and they separate the family members for interviews. Typical protocol. And um, the crime scene techs are executing the search warrant, scanning the home for evidence, which obviously they found in abundance because that master bedroom probably just lit up. Yeah. Because, I mean, how I don't care what kind of cleaner you got. You were not cleaning up that much blood and getting away with it. Not, not in 1983. If you can't get away with it now, <laughs> especially not 1983. Right. Okay. So they got nowhere with Komiati women. Like, Marianne, not budging. Rosemary, not budging. But she was very kind. She did offer them beer and cigarettes. Oh. Like, the good housewife that she is. Um, yeah, the Marlboro and uh, Old Fashioned. Yeah, right? You know. So, they had Paul Jr., who I guess... Paul like, Malls and Old Style were in Chicago suburbs. Oh, yeah. I used to smoke Paul Malls. <laughs> no, that was not true. Um, What were the... Lucky Strikes... No, parliaments. That's what I oh, used yes. to smoke. Parliaments. parliaments. The blue ones. I know a and- lot about cigarettes. Someone does never smoked in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so they, like I said, when they separated them, they took Paul Sr. Or Paul, Paul Sr. said he's in a bag. Um, they Paul- separated him for sure, too. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Jr. was taken out completely out of the home because he's huge. He's a football player. They right. deemed him as a threat. Yeah. He's a minor, too, if he's only 17. Yes, Yes, which was odd to me that they separated him from his mother. But I mean, it's the eighties, right? So yeah, but he, you said you he was seventeen. That? Yeah, but he's still a minor. Well, eighties. They didn't file the when, rules. The when did they really change the like the, the Miranda Act or the Miranda Law? What's what's oh, that's the right to remain silent? Anything you no can. no no. I'm talking about uh, as far as like what's considered a minor. What's considered a minor? Like that was a late. 90s slash 2000s, I thought. Because they did, they they changed the drinking age from 18 to to 21. In what year? Who cares? 80. Was it really that? I remember my mom talking about her paper licenses, where you would just kind of rub them together like long enough, where like your age wouldn't look like your age, and you would kind of just erase it. And Are you serious? Right in there on pen. I think that was my mom, or maybe I was just imagining that. K Dog, let me know. Holy shit. <laughs> um, so, anyways, they they had him separated from the rest of the family, and he was actually out with a totally other investigator officer, wh- whoever was interviewing him at the time, and um, chatting, chatting, chatting. All of a sudden, boom, singing like a canary implicates the whole family. Seth, did he implicate himself? Yes. Oh, all right. Yeah. So um, he he just he implicates the whole family and not only the the murder but the planning, the murder and the dismemberment of Paul Senior. Holy fuck! So like literally just divulges the whole thing. Busted it wide open. Right. Everything. Right. That's open and closed right there. So right, all the family's taken into custody and charged with murder at this point. Um, they I read in a couple places that they said it like happened like within months of each other that they were all mm. collected and charged differently. But then I read other places that it was like they were all taken in charge. So you know what? We're just going to group it. They were all charged with murder. Yep. 
whatever. It was all within the same year. Uh-huh. Okay. So who's missing? Van Nice. Van Diver. Yep. I kept calling him Van Nice too when I was <laughs> Where's that name from? That's something else. Uh that's Isn't that a place? I don't know. Okay. Either way, I thought, Van Diver. I thought of Van Sons, but I know that's a place. <laughs> Van Nice's. I kept thinking that too when I was writing it. But Van Diver's MIA. So he's eventually found hiding on his parents' farm in Missouri, and he was taken into custody. So, I mean, it wasn't like a huge stretch to find him, like not a manhunt, but he was considered <clears throat> armed and dangerous and on right. the run. Yeah, but not hiding that good. Again, showing the genius if he's hiding in his own family farm. Correct. <laughs> like, just because you're one state over... Like it, it, yeah. So once the statements were obtained from everyone implicated in this crime, one main thing stood out from for the, the investigators. And I don't know why this stood out to them. Like, this seems pretty typical to me. No one's stories were the same. They all pointed the finger at somebody at else. Other. Right. Wow. Right. I'm like, well, that, that seems pretty like kindergarten right like i didn't shit in their shoe it was little jimmy no it was little Susie. you know what i mean i don't care who shit in somebody's shoe somebody shit, somebody in, that shit shoe. in the shoe yeah right so it's just a blame game at that point you know what i mean they all turned back into children and <laughs> they're pointing fingers at each other so now it's december 1983 and it's trial time nice is a neighborhood in la what oh okay Okay, sorry. That's okay. Thank you. I wonder if I mentioned it during the Eliza Lamb story then. No, I want to say that that's Charles Manson. Maybe. Either way. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. That's okay. So, December 1983, it's trial time, and Marianne was approached by the state and provided with, like, a literal, well, no pun intended, but a killer deal. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And um, she was approached because she honestly had the most to lose because she had a son. Right. Yes. So, um... If she would plead guilty to assisting a criminal instead of murder in exchange for her testimony against Rosemary, Paul Jr., and William, she would receive eight years. His eight. Who? Marianne. Marianne is the wife, right? Or the daughter? The daughter. Rosemary's the wife. Yeah. Eight years only. Eight years. For murder. Okay. So, at William's trial... He recanted all prior confessions and attempted to place all the blame, again, blame game, solely on Paul Jr. And that clearly didn't fly. And William was convicted of murder on December 19th, 1983. And on January 20th, 1984, the judge would sentence him to death via the electric chair. Damn. Yeah. So William Van Diver waived all all appeals for his death sentence. I guess you, the first one, it's like you get the first one free. Like, <laughs> yeah. you have to have an appeal. One appeal. Especially for the death sentence. But all after after that, he said no more. And this is a direct quote from him. It says, well, I turned myself in and admitted the crime. I see no sense in wasting everyone's time. The best that could happen, I would end up doing 45 years and I'm going to die anyways. So why prolong it? You know, you know, there is no need to go, or there is no need. I'm going to die there regardless. So I don't see no sense in sitting there when it's going to happen anyways. He's a realist. Right. So, even though he's a shithead, he's like, uh, yeah, I'm a shithead. What? 
I did it. Kill me. Right. So on October 16th, 1985, Marianne was shuttled from her prison where she was serving her cushy eight years to Indiana State Prison in Michigan City where she shared a pizza with her husband who she stayed with. Stayed married to. Oh my God. I forget all about that. To to be with him before his execution. Even though she ratted him out and took the plea deal to implicate him more. Yeah. All right. So they had pizza together and in Michigan City at the Indiana State Prison just before and hung out before his execution, <clears throat> which is like unheard of. Michigan City. There's a, a prisoner in there right now. <sighs> a famous a famous serial killers in Michigan City right now. Anyways, go ahead. I can't think of who it is. Like I we're back to the execution. So, um his botched, final words, right? What? His final words you were going to tell us, right? Is that what it was? No. Uh oh. botched is an understatement. Oh. Um this execution is just fucked. Okay, so this electric chair was built from the 1914 Hangman's Gallow from the OG prison. All right. <laughs> and hadn't been used since the 1950s. But they thought, you know what? 1984. Yeah, we're going to use it then. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I shouldn't laugh. I'm so sorry. I'm not, but I'm sorry. The first shock didn't kill him. The second shock didn't kill him. The third shock finally killed him. Third time's a charm. That's some green mile shit. Ironically, it took him 20 to 30 minutes to die. And it took him 20 to 30 minutes to kill Paul Sr. Holy shit. Karma? Holy shit. All right, so... Isn't there, like, a rule? If it doesn't kill you, aren't you allowed to, like, live? Is that how it works? Or no, is it just some, like, random weird shit? I don't know. But... The rest of this is just kind of like, yeah. Uh, so now the charges for the rest of the clan. Paul and Rosemary were actually tried together in December of 1983. And like I said, Marianne testified in their cases as well for her eight years. So she was a main witness for their trial. And the jury didn't buy their defenses where they claimed to be bullied into this by Van Diver. Um and they were convicted of first-degree murder on December 7th, 1983, and sentenced to 45 years on December 28th, 1983. Um, Paul, Sen Paul Jr.'s sentence was actually halved due to his age at the time of the crime. 17. Yep. Um, hmm. And he was released from prison and back in jail a few times since all of this. Um but this is actually pretty crazy. So one time that he was out, he was on a bicycle and he was extremely intoxicated. And I think this was down near, near Indy, got into a huge accident, disfigured his whole body, his whole face, knocked out all of his teeth. He's had like 20 reconstructive surgeries. His face is still not normal. And like, it literally, I'll, I'll show you a picture. Like his whole face is disfigured. He's had all these reconstructive surgeries. Like he will never look normal ever again. Fuck. Still went back to prison a couple times after that, you know, just for robbery. Uh, one time, I think he escaped prison. It just, like, you know, I don't know. But the son and the mom got 45 years. No, the mom got 45 years, oh. and the son's prison sentence was 45, but they halved it because of his age. So she should technically still be in jail if she's not dead. So Rosemary died in prison at the age of 86. 
Okay. What year was that she died in? Um, I don't remember. Oh. But that is the 19, case. 1983 plus 45 years plus 2028. So she would have been in still unless she got paroled right. or died. <laughs> like so that is the case of the Comiades. That's <clears throat> that's wild. It's a good case. Man. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> I just like I wanted to do and you know what's funny is like I, I thought about it and I was like, all right, I'm gonna do a quickie local case this week. Nineteen pages. <laughs> and almost two hours. Oh, sorry. Two parter? No. Okay. No. No, because i I'm, I'm gonna cut out a lot from the beginning. Yeah. So it'll all right, we'll sh- cut it off now then. <laughs> so you enjoyed it? Yes. I'm oh, I'm in good. shock. Like that's I this is this is a, a, a shocked quiet, not a I hated it quiet. This is a like me taking it in, like going over in my head, like, fuck, that was right there in Hammond. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I lived blocks from where this happened. I'm telling you, I love looking the shit up, but this week it was a little it was a little different. I kept texting him. I'm like, I don't have the drive to do this this week. <laughs> Cause like getting off at three is way different. And you know what's so funny is like so today I had all my stuff packed and in my car to come straight from here from work to, from here. Work to here. And I was like, it is three o'clock. I am going home. <laughs> I'm like, the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I was walking out of work with one of the girls and I was like, I thought I had to go straight from work and like drive down 30. And I don't well, even this do that. doofus got off work early enough. You could have came straight here. Yeah. I had to finish writing the oh, case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. You said you had to watch uh, part of the. Uh... Yeah, I was literally on the last. Like, I was trying to get the sentencing right. And I just like. And I tried to watch it this morning, but I've had this wicked migraine all day. Thank God for three Advils and some caffeine. Exciting. <laughs> all right, guys. What an interesting case. I like that. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Thanks. I already have my... Well, not that you're going to be shocked. I have my next one going already. Is it done already? Where if I'm not finished, you can go next Friday? <laughs> it can be. <laughs> no, you can find us on all your major podcast platforms. On Instagram at impulsivethoughts underscore pod. Um... Twitter X, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, what is at it? Allie knows this one. Thoughts Pod. Thoughts Pod. Uh, Facebook. Thoughts, yeah, Facebook. Impulsive I think thoughts. it's Thoughts Pod. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On Facebook and under, under Impulsive Thoughts. Um, oh, you know what? I almost forgot. We can't go an episode without. Good night, Mike. Oh God. How you doing down under? <laughs> I'm making new hats, and those are so cute. Those ones with the bunny ears. Those split hats. How much do you charge for those? Um, usually like 35 bucks. I will pay you for one instead of you getting all this shit to Ryland because I will pay you for one because I know she'll love she the shit out of it. She already asked me for one but with cat ears so don't worry. Okay. It's already in the making. Her and I already discussed it. Just let me know how much. Yeah. You don't have to give her free shit no more. <laughs> That's okay. Personal businesses need to make money too. Well, I, I understand that but I also like my shins. But look at... <laughs> look at what uh, Jamie made today. Uh... Cause she makes badge reels. These are the most her most recent creations. Those are cool. I didn't know she makes badge reels. Oh yeah, I want one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she makes uh, almost anything you can think of. I want a badge reel so I can put my harbor badge on there. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. But yeah, uh, joined here with Mister Dano to my right. Yes, I'm sitting here in the place of Donnie. Hey, Donnie, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm hanging. No out one's in underneath you. <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging out in Pennsylvania right now, guys, doing my stuff. Oh, thanks, Donnie. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie Pete to my left. 
<laughs> or what's the noise that I do that you like? <laughs> he just always looks at me like I'm a psychopath. <laughs> no. <laughs> Takes Shoe one, fits. no one, Dan. Shoe fits. <laughs> and I'm Lupe, your favorite host with the most. Uh, I gotta say something different. I'm tired of debatable. <laughs> mm, I'll say it's fucking debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, guys, don't believe everything you think. Peace.